What is up? DGAFers. We are getting very real in this episode. We are actually talking about Halloween candy um, because the one thing that really gets me angry on social media or triggered is when I see fitness people, nutritionists, I don't know, other moms talking about how they're going to be limiting their children's candy because it's unhealthy. And we want to give you our two cents about basically... Do you want to raise intuitive eaters and people who aren't fucked up with food or do you not? Yeah. That is the question of the day. Million dollar question. Absolutely. So we're going to give our two cents in this. And I, I really wanted to do this episode. I brought this to Lauren this week because I've been getting emails from back when I um, was researching like different natural childbirth classes and things like that. So I'm subscribed to email lists and I keep getting bombarded this week with like alternatives to Halloween candy. And you should only let your kids have one piece for how old they are. So a six-year-old can only have six pieces. And I'm like, oh, I'm flaming mad. Like the bullshit just has to stop. It has to stop. And we mentioned in this episode, we understand that moms and everybody are literally trying their best and doing the best that they can. But I can almost guarantee deep down, whatever your relationship with food is like, you ain't listening to our podcast because your relationship with food is good. I'm sorry. You're not. I mean, so if you have this negative relationship with food, I'm sure you don't want your kids to, right? Right. But limiting their candy, telling them that they can't have things is actually doing the opposite. Or we mentioned in this episode, if you are letting them have those things, but you're not, you are not raising intuitive eaters. No, no. Because you're not living it. You're not walking the walk. You're just talking the talk. And kids can read through bullshit very easily. Yeah, they really can. And, you know, I think as moms, we all have this deep, deep fear that we're going to fuck our kids up. Oh, for sure. Like, I don't know of a mom that doesn't have that fear. And we're humans and we're probably going to fuck them up with something. We're just here to help it not be with food. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be something that happens. But from my experience um, with food, I could not pass that down to my children because for me, it was very crippling. And I knew that I couldn't keep prescribing to diets or subscribing to diets and subscribing to hustle culture. I had to heal and doing the work and and disconnecting from that was definitely something that I had to rip the bandaid off with because it was scary, but it was so worth it because now I know at least that cycle of me being abusive with my food and abusive with my workouts is not going to be projected onto my children, at least from me. Now I understand there's society and there's, there's conditioning and there's diet cultures out there on social media, left and right. But I'm trying to raise my children in a way that they see their mom living intuitively and when they see somebody not living intuitively, that's going to be very foreign to them. Yeah. Instead, right now, if you still have a disordered relationship with food, you're going to project that onto your children. And then what's going to happen is when they see somebody living intuitively, that's going to be foreign. And we need to flip the script. Diet culture needs to be red flags to our kids. They need to see a post on Instagram that's talking about weight loss and talking about Porsche control and talking about all this shit and be like, what, what the hell is this? gibberish that yeah. I'm reading right now. I've never yeah. even heard of this. This is bizarre. People do this. Yeah. And not the other way around. Like, oh, people actually just eat what they want. Oh, that's weird. Right. 
That's the narrative right now. I feel that's the narrative right now. We need to flip it. Yep. I absolutely agree. So you might be feeling a little bit triggered already, but just from this intro, and we want to encourage you to listen to this episode. Okay. So at the end, we talk about how you're going to have the opportunity to work with me and with Lauren and with other experts in the intuitive wellness realm, because we want, if you're feeling triggered, that's a sign you need to take action and you need to heal. And we have a roadmap laid out for you to help you do that. So let's get in. Let's talk about Halloween candy. Let's talk about how this all can affect your kid's relationship with food long-term. And then let's dive into how we can work together. All right, let's do this. Welcome to the Demand Growth Act Fearlessly podcast brought to you by Lauren Mayer and Jenna Lockhart. You guys, we are just two average girls who realize that the only way to truly live an exceptional life was to fight through our fears and never give up on our dreams. So when you hang with us, you're going to hear it all. The good, the bad, the the ugly, and everything in between. As our loyal listeners, you're going to be known as a DGAFer, like don't give a or get it. <laughs> oh, but really, we want you to think about this because you're one of two types. You're either a DGA effer who doesn't realize the importance of living a life of growth or change, or you're a DGA effer who doesn't give a what it takes to reach your goals. Our hope is that we can turn you into the latter if you're not already there. So we wanted to record an episode this week on Halloween candy, actually, because it's two days before Halloween. And even if you're listening to this a few weeks later, like you probably still have your stash somewhere. Yes. (laughs) And we want to talk about your relationship with food, but also your kid's relationship with food and how important it is to really just raise intuitive eaters that trust themselves around food and trust themselves around Halloween candy. And you know, a lot of times if you're monitoring candy intake or you're, you're trying to help them decide how many pieces they should have and you're keeping it hidden away, you're doing those things out of love for your kid because you're, you're always trying, like you have your be- their best interests at heart always, right? Mm-hmm. But we want to bring the other side of that to light today and talk about why that's really getting them out of touch with their own intuition and and kind of dismantling the trust they have with their own bodies. Yeah, and when you're thinking about Halloween candy, let's think about your experience with Halloween candy for a second. So when you were growing up, if you could take yourself back, what was that experience like for you? Were you able to go trick-or-treating, get a whole freaking pillowcase full of candy and just have fun afterwards? Or were you monitored? Were family members telling you not to eat too much? Were you like told that you had to throw it away or you had to donate it or that it's not good for you? Think about that experience. And and for me personally, I did have a great experience with Halloween candy. I was allowed to eat it. Nobody really said anything otherwise. But it wasn't until I became an adult that this stigma around Halloween candy kind of came up for me. 
And that came from when I was super immersed in diet culture. So a couple ways to look at this, depending on what your relationship with food was like, and or is now, it could be dependent on a couple things. It could be dependent on your childhood upbringing. So if you were surrounded by people who are constantly dieting, who had, you know, labeling foods good versus bad and brought it to your attention. And that was something that you were exposed to as a kid. Um, but it, let's say you weren't really exposed to that as a kid, but later in life, like maybe in high school, maybe in middle school, maybe your college days, maybe when you had your first baby, you got sucked into the conditioning of diet culture where it's like, this food is good. This food is bad. Kids should not be eating candy. Kids should be monitored. You have to monitor your kid's food. So you could really be getting this information from a couple places. And I would really encourage you to think about if you either know someone or you are currently in this mindset that, holy crap, I'm, I'm nervous for Halloween because I know my kid's going to want all this candy and what should I do? I want you to think about, well, where is that coming up for you? Mm -hmm. Because that's by you projecting that onto your kids, it has everything to do with your current relationship with food. Yeah. And I think about myself and it's interesting to talk about it in terms of Halloween candy, because my Halloween's like, same thing. I, we just travel the neighborhoods and I could dump all the candy out on the floor, eat as much as I want yep, and same. move on. Mm -hmm. And as an adult, I think for me, where things really turned was when I became a fitness coach mm -hmm. um, and I was tracking all of my calories and macros and points and all that Weight Watchers. I did that for a long time and really just um, like being told how, how bad each piece of candy is for you. Um, that was huge in my life. And for me, then it, it brought up, um, I would choose to eat candy over a banana because the candy would have the same point value as a mm. banana. Like it was mm -hmm. all of this, like, well, I'm just not going to eat any quote unquote real food throughout the day. I'll just eat my entire day's worth of candy. And it's like all this guilt and shame was attached to that. But I think too, in terms of diet culture, it's like, you see posts that are like, okay, well, one Kit Kat equals 10 push-ups, or- Or like 20 burpees, yeah, or three, two mile run. Yes, three miles on the treadmill equals this amount of Reese's cups. Is it worth it? Like, yeah, it actually is worth it. And that for me was huge, was because for a long time, I had to earn my food yeah. um, in, in exchange for like an, a strenuous workout. Yeah. So I was like the punisher mentality where it's like, okay, if I'm going to have candy, for example, or if I'm going to go out and have drinks, or if I'm going to go yeah. out to a restaurant, pizza place, I had to make sure I did a very strenuous workout that day, Same. or I had to make up for it the next day. And that's not healthy. That's disordered eating. Right. Complete disordered eating. But it's not disordered eating in the diet culture world. That's right. normal. Right. It's having willpower. It's having willpower. It's being yeah. disciplined. It's being healthy. And let's talk about healthy for an example. Yeah. Or real quick. So on Instagram, this is interesting. I love when our community on Instagram sends us other posts I do in too. the DMs. We get it all the time. People are like, oh my God, did you see this? This is ridiculous. I'm like, I absolutely love it because I know that it's like clicking for them, that they're spotting diet culture and they're bullshit. And I absolutely love when people can spot that. So we had someone do that and they sent us this post. And obviously we were former Beachbody coaches um, and they have, Beachbody has like two big nutrition um, programs. Programs. So it's like that portion control containers with autumn calories. And then there's the 2B mindset with 
whatever her name is. I don't even know. Yeah. She's a dietitian, whatever. So to be mindset is quote unquote, technically the less restrictive out of the two. But anyways, there's this post on the to be mindset Instagram page that was sent to us. And it's this girl holding this sign. And it says, when did eating junk food become so common that when someone eats something healthy, they're labeled as dieting. And one of our um, Instagram community followers was like, this is, they're like totally missing the, like they are totally off base. Like they're missing the whole entire point. And that is the misconception that I think like intuitive eating gets, you know, people who are anti-diet get, it's like, well, if you're anti-diet and you're not following, you know, a nutrition plan, then you must only be eating junk food and you're judging everyone who eats healthy food. It's like, actually it's like the complete opposite because when you're an intuitive eater and you're not following a diet and you're you know just listening to what your body wants that's actually extremely healthy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's the thing that it's like what's actually healthy anymore is restricting children's candy and labeling things as good versus bad and telling people they can't have things because they're going to gain weight and putting fear in them. Is that healthy? Like we have to zoom out, stop being so focused in on these nitty gritty things and look at the bigger picture on what you're actually creating and what environment you're actually creating. And even take food out of the situation. Think about when you were younger, right? This is an example for me. My family was extremely religious, okay? And they were anti-alcohol, anti, like any, anti-partying, anti-dressing a certain way, anti all of this stuff, right? So what did I do? I wanted all of that. Like, you're telling me I'm not allowed to have this stuff. You know, this is the awful for you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, guess what? Guess who ended up with the biggest partier ever in high school? Because I was told I wasn't allowed. And it's like, look at the bigger picture. Why don't we have healthy conversations about these things instead of saying, this is bad. Don't do it. We're going to limit this for you. Yeah. I love that. I love this post on Instagram too, that, that ties into that. It says wearing shoes that don't fit equals thinking about your feet all day. Wearing clothes that don't fit equals thinking about your body all day. Avoiding going to the bathroom, thinking about going to the bathroom. And then avoiding eating enough is thinking about food all day. So you're right. It's that same thing. It's like if you're going to limit things and say that you can't have it, that's all you're going to think about. That's all you're going to think about. And that's all you're going to want to do. So when you're telling a child that they aren't allowed to have all of their Halloween candy or they're they're only allowed to have one piece of candy, what do you think that kid's going to do? They're going to... Think about that candy Mm -hmm. because they're not allowed to have it. They're probably going to sneak it. If your children are sneaking candy or sneaking things and hiding things from you, that is a red flag. If you're finding wrappers like under the bed or in their room that you didn't know about, that's a huge red flag. It's a red flag that they they're afraid to lean in to what they want and so they feel like they have to hide it and i can almost guarantee you that's going to show up in their adult life where they're going to be fearful of of exposing who they truly are and being who they truly are and they're going to hide it Mm -hmm. and i know you're like oh my god it's just candy like that's and that's not going to spill over into adulthood and that's not yes it is i hate to tell you this but yes it is it is yeah it is so so one of the best thing the best thing that you can do when it comes to halloween candy is not talk about it just don't say a word about it no 
It's not a thing. It's just food. You don't even need to yeah. say it's just food. You don't need to say anything. Nothing. Just let them enjoy their Halloween. Don't monitor it. Don't hide it. Don't put it away. Just leave it out and whatever they want to do with it, they want to do with it. Because also a huge part of growing up and learning about yourself when it comes to food is as a kid, you have to eat past your fullness to know what that feels like, to understand that, oh, that didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. I had too much. I don't want to do that again. But each of us, we're the only ones who know what that feels like in our own bodies. Like you can't tell your kid you've had too much. Right. You don't know that. You're not in their physical body to even know what they're feeling. Yeah. Or like when you say things like, you know, you have to eat your broccoli before you can have your Halloween candy, that is perpetuating this, this story that, okay, broccoli is good, good for me. Candy is bad for me, but candy tastes good. So everything that's, that's bad for me tastes good. And that's what I want. And it just starts this whole narrative. So honestly, to raise intuitive eaters, they say the best thing that you can do is serve dessert all the time. And it's funny, the other night, um, we actually ended up, we got a pizza the one night, pizza salad, um, and then we got a cookie delivered as well. And my husband doesn't think he has food rules. <laughs> mm -hmm. but Neither is mine, and he does. Yeah, yeah, but he does. Yeah. And it's interesting now that we're raising Maeve because she's going to be one this weekend on Halloween, actually. She's our Halloween baby. And we got this cookie had the pizza had the salad and i got the cookie before we were done eating our pizza and the salad like i just got it out at the same time and he was like that's dessert I'm yeah like, so what and he's like well she don't give it to her yet she has to eat her pizza she has to eat her salad and i was like no she doesn't i'm like that's stupid so i'd like I'm like she wants a cookie she can have a damn cookie so i put it on her plate and she it was just very fascinating to watch her because she had, you know, this pile of salad and she picked up the cookie, was kind of looking at it, took a bite and then put it down and went back to her salad. And I, and it was, it was just so cool because even my husband was like shocked mm -hmm. that, because we expect them to do what we would do, which was like binge on the cookie and only want the cookie and be obsessed with the cookie and not even yeah. want the other food. Right. But it's like, they no. like when you're raising an intuitive eater like, and I'm not saying I'm doing this perfectly, like right. there is no such thing. Okay. Um, but it was just cool that she was like, okay, I'm gonna have some of the cookie. And you know what, if she ate the whole damn thing first, I don't care. Oh, well, that's yeah. fine. Um, but it was just, it was an interesting, Thing to observe yes well you know what's funny that i observed with my husband speaking of them is so we went to the cheesecake factory the other day for my brother's birthday and we got a cheesecake to go because i was like so freaking full i could not even fit another morsel of food in my body so i'm like can we just get one to go because i know i'm gonna I You're obviously love their cheesecake so we got one to go and my husband has the hardest time having sweets in the house because mm -hmm. if he has sweets in the house, he can't stop thinking about the sweets. He can't stop and he has to eat it right then and there. He doesn't understand how I can have a piece of cheesecake in the fridge for a week. He's like, how do you physically still have this in the fridge? Mm -hmm. And so the other night he was like, are you going to eat this cheesecake? I was like, I don't really want it right now, but I'm going to eat it at some point. But like, I don't know when. I just don't want it right now. It just doesn't sound good. And he's like, you're like insane. Like, I don't understand how, like, he's like, if you don't eat it by tonight, I'm eating it. I'm like, you're not eating my cheesecake. That's mine. 
you're not, he's like, I can't, I can't. He's like, I look at it every day. I just walk past the fridge and it's in there. And I'm like, what's wrong with her? Why can't she eat this? He's like, I'm going to probably end up eating. He's probably going to end up eating it. Yeah. Like, and I'm not going to be able to eat it. Cause I still like it does like, as of I'm talking right now, like doesn't sound great, but there will be a time I know where it's going to be really appealing and be really excited. I'm going to want to kill him because he ate it. That's- Cause I physically cannot have desserts in our house because he which we do have desserts in our house. I'm saying we do keep them, but my husband doesn't think he has food rolls, but he mm-hmm. can't have ice cream or a cheesecake in the house without thinking about it every morsel second of the day. Yeah. Or without just eating it until it's gone. Right. Yeah. So my cheesecake's probably going to be gone tonight. I'm going to be yeah, very upset. Probably is. It's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. But, but he grew up in, from what I've seen, obviously I didn't grow up with him, but from what I've experienced is he grew up in a household where um, they love sweets as well, which that's totally fine, but they have all these rules around sweets and they binge. Mm -hmm. His dad binges on sweets, his mom binges on sweets. And like, that's where it comes from. It comes from, we're not allowed to have this until the evening. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to, so what I've noticed is that, one of his family members, I won't say exactly who it is, but one of his family members, and I've picked up on this, when we eat dinner, we'll eat literally like nothing, like literally like three bites of their food and be like, I'm so full. But what I have learned from, I won't tell you how I've learned it, but I've learned that after that, that person goes home and binges ice cream and mm-hmm. binges cookies. And I'm like, well, yeah, because they're not a getting full right with their meals throughout the day but they also have rules around around when they're allowed to have desserts Mm -hmm. and i used to do that too i used to do that all the time and when i was really sucked into diet culture i would do it with like fat-free brownies and fat-free whipped cream and fat-free sugar-free chocolate sauce and Mm -hmm. all of that and you know i people think that you can only binge on like the unhealthy stuff but I have had my fair share of binge episodes on like flaxseed muffins oh, and crap definitely. like that too. Like it's- I would, I was the healthy dessert binger. Yes. Um. So I would do that my too. God. We would make like those fixate dessert I bars just, and I would eat like 75 of them. I was just going to say, if you ever make me a chickpea brownie ever again. I would, they're probably gross. I haven't had one in forever. They but, weren't good at the time. No, but I would be like, I couldn't stop thinking about them. I would eat a million of them. They're not even good, but it was the only sweet that I would let myself have. And so I would eat a million and it's like, well, I could have just probably had one normal brownie and been fine. But instead mm-hmm. I had 75 chickpea brownies (laughs) right so moral of this conversation is we want to avoid raising kids who grow up to have these food rules and part of the way that we do that is to just normalize all foods yeah and i want to bring this up too um if you and this is going to be my my hard truth for you today if you keep going down this dieting path because A, let's say you don't like your body. You want to shrink it. You want to change it. You know, whatever. That's common. People think that all the time because of what they we're exposed to on the daily and what society says we should look like. The longer you keep that up, the longer you keep buying into the latest fad diet trend to keto, to Weight Watchers, to Beachbody, Autumn Calibri's bullshit, to intermittent fasting, the more you keep doing that for your, you know, dream bod and trying to be this better, healthier version of you, the more you're going to keep that cycle up for the generations to come. 
And I know that's hard to hear, but your kids are going to see that, then they're going to live it. And hopefully they do the healing work that you didn't do because you decided not to heal. So you're going to keep going down this path. And now it's in their hands to heal. And God forbid they don't heal, then they're going to pass it down to their kid. So it's really important to do this healing work now for yourself so that you're not saying, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to do the healing work because whatever your reasonings are, I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have the energy. I don't have all this bullshit. And then you're going to pass that down to your kids. Like that for me was something that even though I have boys and people will say like, oh, this doesn't happen to boys. It definitely happens to boys. They have eating disorders mm-hmm. all the time. They have disordered eating. They can have negative body image just as easily as a girl can. Yeah. Girls are just more targeted in the media yeah. than boys are. But if I'm growing up or if I'm raising my kids, which I did, honestly, Cameron, my oldest, was in a household who that where I was very like, candy's bad. This is bad. We eat cauliflower rice. We run. We work out. We do. I was like that for probably about two years of his life, two or three years of his life. And I'm so freaking happy that I changed and that I put in the healing work. Because if I would not have done that, my kid would have grown up with that. And then Kip would have grown up with that. And then they would have girlfriends and or boyfriends or whoever, and they would be projecting their bullshit onto them and who knows how they would be affected. And then then they'd have kids together and then that kid's going to be affected. And then their friends are going to be affected because they're going to be talking about it's a spiral effect. So if you don't take action on healing now, think about the web of people that are going to be exposed to that. And I'm sorry, but this is just the reality. This is how it is. Mm -hmm. And it needs to smack you upside the face like it had to smack me upside the face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think that's a great analogy is smacking upside the face because same thing. I mean, like you said, girls are targeted more. Like, yes, this happens to boys, but like- In the media and stuff, girls are definitely definitely more laser focused on. And I think for me, what was my like huge anger point with diet culture when we first started this healing work, I remember- finding out that Weight Watchers had an app for kids. And Mm -hmm. that was like, like a dagger to my heart. But also I was just infuriated because Weight Watchers was my starting point. That Mm -hmm. was like me digging myself into this. It's not even a hole. I mean, it's like, like the Grand Canyon. I feel like when you look back at everything I've been through in my life about dieting and, and hustle culture and mostly diet culture though. And when I think about it, it's like, you know, I went to Weight Watchers, I started at 14. And now they've got this app where these 10 year old girls and these 12 year old boys are on there saying, you know, this is a red, red, green and yellow food based on a traffic light. Okay, hello, that's a red flag. Obviously, if you're labeling foods as red and green, that's the same fucking thing as saying they're good foods and bad foods. They also do that in Noom. Yeah. And Noom, Noom says they're not a diet. Yeah. But you know, these kids are on the Weight Watchers website and in this app with their testimonials and they're like 10 and 11 and nine. And, oh, and I just picture my daughter doing that and uh, no, we're done. We're done. And like picture, and I know you can picture this and it's terrifying, but like, imagine if you would have never done the healing work, Mm -hmm. you would probably still be on the, in the rabbit hole freaking bullshit train of, I got to follow my meal plan. I'm go, I got to lose any of this extra skin or baby Mm -hmm. weight that I have. And you would be killing yourself and she would be seeing you doing that. I, I actually have a friend who makes the beach body meal plans for her daughter. Oh my God. I know. 
That would have been me. It would have. It would have. It would have been me too. I would have been teaching her how to measure portions out with those stupid motherfucking containers. Mm -hmm. And that would have been her good meal. She's on point. She's hitting her macros for the day. So she's going to have energy and she's going to feel good. What's that telling her? When she doesn't do that, she's going to feel bad. AKA she's a bad person. Yeah. And then when she feels like a bad person, she's going to do it again because it's this guilt. and. But also my mom did this. My mom taught me this. And when you're little, I mean, your parents are like, everything they say is correct. Mm -hmm. Everything they do is correct. And and you're like, I have to do that because I, my parents are like my, my Mm -hmm. safe place. Like those are the people I trust the most. So like you're going to internalize that, which (laughs) coming back to the Halloween candy, This is why you need to heal your relationship with food now, because you can sit here and be like, oh, that's fine. I'll just let my kid have candy. They can go through, they can dump their bag on the floor, eat as much as they want. Are you going to eat any of it? Exactly. What are you going to do? You're going to sit there and say, no, I can't have any of that. Nope. Because that's counterproductive. Or are you going to say, oh, mommy only ran two miles today. So I'm only going to have a couple pieces. Or are you going to put it in a cat in the cabinet and keep it away from yourself so you don't have it and then binge on it after they go to bed? Because I'm telling you, your kid will pick up on it. A thousand percent. So even you can't raise an intuitive eater if you're not one. You can't. Sorry, you can't. No. And that's why, you know, so many people who are having kids right now, you know, baby led weaning is like the mm-hmm. the trend, the right. the fad, the whatever it is. The new way of whatever. Yeah, doing where it. you basically just like, you skip purees and baby foods, your kids just eat food, which whatever. Um, Not saying that's good. Not saying it's bad. Any way just to Just your preference on how you yeah. want to do it. But people who are choosing to do that, that we have talked to, have chosen that because it's it's the research is saying that it helps kids develop a healthy relationship with food by doing that okay but if you don't have your relationship with food healed it does nothing it doesn't matter it does nothing you're just teaching them how to eat salad food earlier that's all you're doing <laughs> yeah that's literally. like literally that's all you're doing if you aren't living that intuitive lifestyle yeah so i really want you to think about this because we get fired up about basically any topic about diet and hustle culture and intuitive eating and ditching diets and, you know, trusting your intuition and living by your human design. And, you know, if you're a woman, you know, leaning into your menstrual cycle. And today we wanted to like bring the fire because I don't think it's registering for people sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think they, they think it sounds cool and it sounds awesome and they would love to like live that lifestyle and they would love to have their kids live that lifestyle but you're like you're too attracted to the bullshit i'm sorry you're too attracted to the shiny shit mm-hmm. you, you you want the and we were talking about this today we actually did a live with um our human design expert in our 12-week group healing program called insane her name's caitlin and she talks about your human design and what makes you unique and how to lean into that um, and how to operate day to day based off who the fuck you are, not based off society and what they want you to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really were talking about how there, everything right now is you can get it so quickly. You know, you can get online and you can find out information immediately. You can turn on a workout and on YouTube and get it for free immediately. You can probably download meal plans all over the freaking place. I know you can even look up like marathon training shit online and start applying it today. Like there's so many things that you can do right freaking now at, at your fingertips. And so 
yeah, this, sometimes you're like, oh, this whole, like living this intuitive lifestyle sounds great, but I actually have to like fucking work and look inward. So never mind. I don't want to do that. You know what I want to do? I want to just go download this stupid ass meal plan and this workout program because I can get it now. And it's a black and white. And it's black and white. It's, Hey, I'm going to start today. I want to lose this amount of weight and I'm going to do it by doing this program. And that sounds a little more safe to you because you want the answer right now, but really you're just completely going to keep going in circles. You're going to run around in circles until you're however old and you're put in the grave. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You're going to be running in freaking circles. Yeah. And you're going to pass that, that cycle and those circles down to your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids and, yeah. and all of that. If you don't take the time to heal. Okay. So we obviously mean this with love and we want this to land with you in a way that you know, gets you thinking, um, but also gets you to start taking action on actually healing. Mm-hmm. So if this is something that you're like, holy fuck, I just need to do it. I just need to do it. Uh, don't do what Jen and I did, which was um, have dumpster fires all over the place. <laughs> Basically like, oh, we did Weight Watchers and then, oh, we did Beach Body, and then, oh, we did all this other shit and trying to figure it out. Like, this is why we developed our program in sync. This is why we made it 12 weeks long. And this is why we brought experts in. This is why we are also giving our expertise is because we want you to have a one-stop shop. Stop trying to fucking piece together all this bullshit. And then this didn't work. That didn't work. Oh my God, this isn't a line. This isn't a line. Then you beat yourself up. And then what do you do? You do keto. Like we don't want that for you. We want you to come into a community with women who are ready to heal and are ready to take that action and start learning on how to break those cycles so that you can pass it down to, I mean, you can have it for yourself, obviously, but you can pass it down to other generations as well. Yeah, absolutely. I could not have said that any better. So if you, if this conversation speaking to you and you're like, okay, yep. Give me the details. want to do NSYNC, like let's go. Then you have a couple options. Um, You can sign up by Halloween on the 31st to get a free human design reading with Caitlin. We're going to pay for that for you because it's going to be fucking magical. Go to um, our Instagram page and watch the live video yes. with her. Cause if you're like, what the fuck is that? Go watch it go because watch you'll it. be like, I need this. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> um, so do that by Sunday. And if you are a procrastinator and you just want like to sign up at the very last minute, you have until November 10th at 1159 EST. Yes. <laughs> PM. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're going to link the info page in the show notes here. You can also message us on Instagram at fit.and.social. We have it linked in our bio there, but just reach out, send us a message or just sign up. You can either just do the group. You can do the group plus one-on-one sessions with Lauren and I, um, all the infos on that, that info page, but we would absolutely love for you to do this with us if it's speaking to you. Yes. We're going to be meeting weekly, um, from the month of November until January. So get ready. We're doing this during the holidays because people need this shit during the holidays. This is when triggers come up the most. This is when cycles can be broken and this is the best time for them to be broken. Yep. So we'll see you on the inside.